Welcome to Pitch Black, America's Missing Soccer Stars. I am your host, Matthew Wilson. I've uh, been gone for a while. We're back again. Uh, and we're going to get into a couple topics today. Uh, like I usually do local, national, and international. Uh, we'll be going over some local teams, uh, local situations that I've seen over the past couple of weeks, last month. Uh, some national news with the United States men's national team. And a little bit of kind of international news. Uh, with some, uh, I guess, controversy, but not really in my point of view, uh, with uh, Reggie Cannon and some comments. So we'll get straight into this. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is just some local stuff. Uh, I usually kind of save it for this for the end, but uh, I definitely want to get this out of the way. Um, so I'll start with my local team first, uh, local team, New Orleans Jesters. Uh, big fan of them, uh, also a fan of a Crescent City uh, football club. Both, uh, I think, quality, uh, you know, uh, mindset of teams. But um, obviously one kind of has the edge on the other. Um, I think Crescent City has been around. This is their maybe third or fourth year existing. Pretty much run by one person with a lot of volunteers. So I kind of understand this situation. I won't really touch on them too much. Uh, it's more so the gestures, like I said. Full disclosure, I'm a Jester's fan. Uh, I like to support the team. The team has been around for, this would have been their 20th year, probably, I guess you would call it maybe 19, 18th or 19th actual season of playing uh, due to uh, one year, uh, I'm sorry, 18th year, because uh, it was a year that they took a hiatus, and then there was also a year for uh, for COVID. So, um so they uh, they were uh, beaten uh, a couple of days ago by Pensacola FC, and they were basically knocked out of uh, what would they? I, I call it a playoff. They needed to win or draw this um, this match in order to go to the playoffs for the NPSL Gulf uh, South Conference. Um, there's some quality teams. Uh, much respect to Pensacola, um, and obviously the top two teams, Jacksonville Armada and Southern States. Um, and so what I wanted to talk about, uh, wasn't so much the loss. Uh, I mean, losses happen. There's a lot of personnel, you know, situations and, you know, I'll leave the, the on the field stuff to the manager. Cause that's just really not my, my expertise. Uh, but the, the things surrounding it. Um, so going throughout the season, just kind of hanging out with the supporters group, um, meeting some of the other fans, even talking to the, the owner slash, uh, coach. Uh, there's just, there's a lot, there's still a gap in, in my view. So a lot of this is going to be my opinion. Uh, and, uh, honestly, a lot of this opinion is based on, uh, what I've been able to do before for, uh, uh, sports teams and soccer programs. And, um, even just as a fan, I, I, I'll dismiss all the professionals, but even just as a fan, what is a fan looking for? And just asking people, um, 
this is an opportunity. If your team, if you have a local team, uh, obviously if you have a MLS team or USL team, your season is still going on. But even in those senses, but if you have a local team that only plays maybe 10 matches for the uh, summer or whatnot, support them. Um, and I mean in many different ways. Support them in many different ways. Um, being a fan doesn't mean you're going to get free access. Uh, you know, I, I definitely, you know, understand people are with programs for a long time. They're with clubs for a long time. And, you know, and I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not saying this to say that there are tons of people out there looking to do that, but it, it's, what comes to mind is the old Kennedy quote. That's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Uh, you know, let's apply that to the same, you know, the same thing to these, uh, these uh, very smaller soccer clubs. That's not what they can do to you, what they can give to you. Now, by all means, if they promise you something and they don't do it, that that's kind of a, you know, a rough patch that, you know, needs to be worked out. That's, you know, that's not fair. But you're there to support that team. You know, whether you're a supporter group, whether you're a fan, you're there for them. And even if it gets to the point that you have to do things that encompass the team. You know, we, we just sometimes you have an old guard of managerial sports operations or marketing or whatever that don't know how to connect to fans. And instead of being a fan waiting for them to connect to you. Be that fan that connects to them. Be that fan that connects to other people. You may find like-minded people that support and celebrate in the game the way that you do. That's fine. Go find them. Go find more. Find as many as you can. Because one thing that talks across all levels of soccer, all sports, all uh, cultures, money. You have more people coming into those games supporting the the ownership is going to notice the man general manager is going to notice people are going to notice and you can have better facilities and i'm you know, obviously that's you know far in the future and that's a lot of fans but it's not impossible uh you know just doing some research seeing how many teams i think it's about a total of 92 teams uh 92 soccer clubs in england alone or great britain because i'm sure it includes wales 92 clubs and this is a you know a country that's about 65 million people 60 65 million people uh roughly a four and a half hour drive from you know top to bottom not the largest country by any stretch of the meaning i mean we have states you know that are twice as large as that um but they have small teams that support them and i understand you know the 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 counter argument can also be oh well they don't have as many professional sports teams guess what a lot of these smaller you know um uh cities in yeah, soccer clubs don't have professional sports teams either i mean you look at the kingston stockade they don't have a professional sports team in their backyard they have to go to new york city or buffalo they're they're pretty much a small uh small town so that that argument's out the window for me. It's what can you do? You're in the summertime. Most of your big sports, unless you have baseball, most of your big sports aren't in play. And 
what can you do? What can you bring? What are you looking for? It's, you know, the same thing with different types of movies that are out there. Oh, this movie did poorly because they didn't listen to the fans. Fans wanted to see exactly this. Fans wanted to see, you know, a, a better version of a Sonic the Hedgehog. And the studio changed it. Now, the, you know, the movie had two Sonic the Hedgehog movies. The fans wanted to see Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman together. It's going to happen. Fans want to see, they're going to tell you what they want to see. And majority of the time, the fans are right. Because the fans know what the fans want. So, go out there and show these clubs what you want. Demonstrate what you want. You don't have to necessarily be a part of the club, of the payroll staff, of the volunteer group. You mean Maybe they're full of volunteers. You can do something. I myself, and by all means, I don't think I'm a professional at it. I started doing some um, graphic design. And when I say started doing graphic design, using Canva, the free version. I will eventually get to the paid version, but the free version. Looking on YouTube for free at how to design uh, sports posters, soccer posters on for social media for free. How do I give a vet, better visual look? How can I design something? Uh, like my girlfriend and I, I may have mentioned this already, uh, we took the penalty uh, cards, the yellow and uh, red card, and our team is, like I said, the New Orleans Jester. So we just kind of went with the playing card theme and designed them to where it has, it looks like a playing card. And, you know, it was pretty nice. I just gave them out for free. I, you know, that would be great for a team, uh, for our team, if they decided that's something they wanted to sell. They wanted to or even give away to kids and advertise on the cards. Fine. But instead of me just going to the owner, which I've met multiple times and told him about it, I realized me just telling him about it means nothing. I'll just create it. Now, everything you want to see, you can't create because it may cost too much. Sometimes it, it is just going to be an idea. Sometimes you can pull that money. I mean, how much are you a fan or a fanatic? And, you know, either one is a, a, is, is a viable position to be. You don't have to be a fanatic if you're a fan. But it also... How far does the team go? How more people? How many more people will come and see this? You know, you're in a five thousand seat stadium and you have five hundred people. Why? Why not fill up the stadium? Is it not possible? So, um, so that's that's as far as you know the Jeffers team. Uh, went to a couple of weeks ago. I was in Baton Rouge uh, for work, and after work, I went and caught a match uh, between a team, two teams. Uh, they were in USL two, and uh, it definitely wasn't the best uh, best soccer I've seen. But um, you know, I digress. That's that's kind of their thing on the field. The the talent level that's up to them. That could be coaching. That could be personnel. Could be many things. The Exterior, the the uh, the look was bad. Um, little personal story. So, uh, my girl and I went to the game, and there were about twelve people. And and you know, I understand there was a uh, a baseball championship celebration, you know, right around the corner. But 
I it's hard for me to believe that twelve people would show up. Only twelve. Um except for the fact that when you look at how everything looked at the field. So uh the website said that their match was gonna be uh, the USL two match was gonna be at a certain uh soccer stadium. It wasn't. It was at a intramural field, which was already um it's 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 a lie, so that's bad. We get there, we walk in, and it looks like you can just walk in. I'm thinking, wow, you know, whoa, you don't have to pay for this. This is interesting. Uh, then we, you know, we hear a lady, maybe about you know twenty feet to our right, sitting essentially sitting on the ground. It's like a floor hammock or a ground hammock or something. And there's this little foldable table with, I don't know, it looks like a a bulletin board with a, a QR code and she says you have you know you have to pay such and such and it's twelve dollars which is interesting because I'm thinking wow twelve dollars for this setting this is this is bad you know I, I I don't expect luxury seats but you know this is bad this looks bad this is not an organized so you know a very personally was very disappointed for them to have that USL tag even though it's USL too, it's disappointing for them to have that USL tag and to look less, or to, sorry, to be less organized than a, a high school soccer team. So um, that's kind of where all this started as far as what are you really doing? You know, and, and no, no offense to the lady, I, you know, I'm sure she, maybe that's the most she can do, but if you're going to say that you're a fan, it's great that you're coming to the games but if you want to settle for mediocrity then i guess you know stay where and and do mediocre stuff if you want to see your team rise do better do better they they, you know they'll handle what's on the field you handle what's around you go talk to them you set up things you set up um uh uh you know, road trips to go catch uh, one of the matches. Be that team, be that person, be that group, be that supporters group that gives a lot. Um, so that that's pretty much that. Like I said, usually that's the challenge for at the end of the match, but I mean at the end of the, the podcast. But I wanted to give you that challenge right now. Uh, but so the shift gears a little bit. Um, going into a little bit of national news, and I know it's kind of technically international, uh, US and, uh, U.S. men's national team, obviously I've missed a couple of games, uh, a couple of matches, as far as talking about it, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Balangan, that was maybe four or five matches ago, I know he's like a new striker that the U.S. men's national team looking for, and with the theme of this podcast, I definitely like seeing, I like seeing quality talent, I won't just say, oh, you know, I only like seeing uh, black and African-American players. I like seeing the best talent out there. I am happy that this is a, a high-quality striker that is able to contribute uh, to this team. And the more that we, uh, the U.S. national team, broadens their horizons as far as getting talent. Like I say, it doesn't necessarily have to be the skin color, but uh, it's not a, you know, it, it's not a bad look. Um, 
But anyway, back to uh, one of the most recent matches, uh, U.S. Men's National Team versus Canada. And I know I'm recording this. Uh, there's a match tonight, I think, against Panama. Um, but versus Canada, definitely a thriller. Uh, three, uh, sorry, uh, two to two uh, in regular time. Um, I think they uh, they went into penalty kicks and. Uh, but even before all of that, I uh, wanted to give a shout out to I think it's Dewan Jones. Uh, let me make sure I wanna I don't want to get this guy's name mixed up. But I know I've did a re- little research on him before because you know the U.S. Men's National Team. It's not like you're t- you know a lot of us think of it as or may think of it as um, the NFL or NBA. Um, where we know the starters. The starters are going to be the starters who are always the starters. Uh, but obviously, there's multiple you know, starters. There's multiple players that go into uh, these matches. You know, yeah, DeWan Jones. Good. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, from Michigan State, 77% passing uh, accuracy in the game. One assist. Um, you know, uh, basically plays, uh, I think, what, defensive back? Uh, yes. Which is great. I, 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 you know, I like seeing just, you know, I like seeing good players. I like seeing good players. But I wanted to give a shout out to him for that. And obviously that's, you know, every uh, goal in that was very crucial. And uh, it's good to have that, you know, crucial uh, assist. And I also got to give a shout out to Jesus Ferreira. I've been seeing online a lot of flag oh two hat tricks you know against smaller teams and i guess i'll get in that a little bit just because it, it you know i understand both aspects of it you know you can you can understand the uh, you know lower difficulty level of him doing it but still two hat tricks in a row that's that's you know if it were that easy, then you'd have a history of many U.S. Uh, men's national team players doing it against those teams or doing it in the past. So, you know, if it hasn't been a regular thing to be done, then it's n- not necessarily the easiest thing to do. Um, I understand against the teams, uh, I think it was Trinidad and Tobago and uh, uh, Kits and Nevis. Um, understandable. I, I've, I've looked up those teams. You know, you have, you know, two countries, one I think has a population of less than 50,000 people. Uh, you factor in that, say, half, if not slightly more of that 50,000 is is women. And, you know, uh, another bit of that, you know, is the elderly or children. Your prime athletic players are probably full-time workers, you know, doing something else. So, um, but it's, you know, I watch the matches and I, I'd still get credit because that's hard to do. You know, you're you're a country of fifty thousand people playing against the third largest population, play, uh, third largest populated uh, country on earth. I mean, we have small towns that are bigger than these countries. We have you know high schools that have better resources and facilities than these countries, um, and yet they still went out there. I, I would never say that it's an easy feat for them to do. That's difficult. Just even to play, you know, the entire match against the United States, uh, it's it's that that takes a lot of guts. 
So, yes, even though they were, you know, blowout uh, losses um, for those teams against the United States, I still want to give credit um, and, you know, uh, hopefully there can be some way, maybe there'll even be some, you know, uh, better profit sharing. I don't know how that really works and how much, you know, what country gets as far as developing those because it's not impossible. It's not impossible for those countries to be on the level or if not better than the United States. I mean, you look at... I mean, a lot of the you know countries that are better than the United States in soccer are have smaller populations, or even in the sense of you know track. Jamaica is substantially smaller than the United States, and yet in men's and women's track, they're toe to toe, if not you know at many times better than the United States, uh, with a smaller population, you know less resources, but obviously you know, investing their time and what resources they do have heavily into um, being incredible at this, those uh, sports. So, like I said, I, I, I wanted to give them credit, too. It's not easy to do what they did, even though, yes, you know, a lot of goals scored against them, you know, highlights for Jesus Ferreira. Uh, it's, you know, it's it takes guts to go out there knowing that it's going to be difficult um, and, you know, that's why we watch the game, because sometimes there are upsets. There are upsets that we don't expect. And, you know, had we lost to those teams, the, you know, it would have been the other way. Like, oh, goodness, how could we lose to those teams? So I, I never want to count any team out just because they're smaller or, you know, considered less talented. We'll do what we need to do as far as the U.S. men's national team and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Um and last a little bit, uh, I want to talk about get on to a international uh, level. So there's a player. Uh, I don't know if he's still with the United States men's national team. Uh, Reggie Cannon. Uh, he plays overseas uh, for. Let's see, who does he play for? Because I don't want to get that mixed up as well. Um, he play, plays in the Premier League, I think, in Portugal uh, for Bal Vista. I think I looked at the salary. It's about. Ooh, I'm going to say 600000 but it might be less than that. But his salary over there is, uh, sorry, about 250,000 pounds a year, which still isn't, obviously is not bad at all. Um, and that, that equals about, let's see, let's translate that, because I know if you want to know the American dollars, you know, $271,000 uh, a year so. Still making uh, a lot more than the average uh, MLS player. And so back to getting to something that he said, you know, uh, a black player uh, that plays over in Premier League, Premier League in Portugal. Um, got a little flat because he mentioned, like I was talking about, uh, Jesus, Fer Jesus Ferreira, who's 22, saying that, you know, he's incredible. He's much better than people thought he is. You know, he's on a roll. The only thing is he's not going to be at his top level until he plays in Europe. And I agree. Now, two things can be right. I can agree that he won't be at his best level until he plays against arguably the best teams. And the MLS, the other true thing is MLS is still quality, but it's on. it needs to grow. This is not a, you know, I've mentioned it before. This is year 20, what, 25, 26, 27, something like that. For the MLS, there are teams, I don't even just say leagues, there are teams, most teams in the world are 
70, 80, 100 and something years old. So to think that, oh, well, this is automatically going to jump to that top level. Does the United States produce uh, European class talent? Yes, we do. We've, we've shown that that's and it's getting more. There's more and more of them by the day. And we're seeing that, obviously, in a United States men's national team. But the ones that get offended, it's it's my theory. I won't say this is fact. My theory is you can be so focused in wanting our league to be the best that you completely lose sight of where we need to go you know we're producing players that are good over there they're going to go over there brendan arison younger guy you know just uh um i think it's uh i don't know if that's the the, the guy's younger brother from leeds or no it's the guy from leeds went to, yeah brendan arison from leeds went to union uh berlin i remember when he was playing at uh philadelphia union uh so union to union i guess <laughs> It's a big step. It's a it's a step up. It needs to happen. We 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 don't pay our players enough. And that's, you know, that's another little topic I talked about before. You know, how are we going to sit there and say we want to attract world-class talent, but we're paying majority of our players. It, you know, it's not bad for the average American, but it's bad when you're trying to get the best players. If I'm come if I'm coming out of college or high school academy in the United States and I'm incredible, Am I going to say, hey, I'm going to play for the MLS against mediocre talent for a mediocre salary, even if it's maybe I'll get one, two million dollars a year or I can go play overseas and probably make five million a year and play against top talent. You know, much respect to Lionel Messi, but. You know, I never really liked the designated ruler, uh, designated player rule, because you're paying someone, you know, eighty <laughs> percent of the uh, salary cap or whatever, and everyone else is just kind of filler. You're, you know, it doesn't have to be the exact same salary, but if you want to attract top talent and stay and develop a culture of quality talent, quality teams that players from overseas want to come here. You know, in you know, maybe even in contention with, I don't know, the Portuguese league or, you know, Greece or or, or you know, uh, Belgium. Like, you need to kind of get to their pay level. You need to make it worthwhile. Um, so no, I, in anyway, I think uh, Reggie Cannon was right. You know, obviously he's gotten some flag about that. Oh, you know, you're never going to be on the United States men's national team, which I don't know what that kind of comment means because if you're quality should be on there um but you know those same fans will you know kiss the shoes of Kristen Pulisic you know or just forget you know about Weston McKinney Serginio Dest like yeah arguably our best players on our team other than maybe Matt Turner (laughs) our best players on our team play overseas and that's not a bad thing MLS will catch up in some way if they if they do what they're supposed to do, if they pay attention, if they, you know, prioritize paying for quality talent. MLS will catch up to some of these other countries just by the sheer fact that the United States has the resources to do it. Maybe when Lionel Messi 
plays and probably starts his own team, that'll develop it too. But in the meantime, it's behind. And nothing's wrong with that. We know we're not in a race yet. The World Cup's coming. We're about to get a lot of marketing and advertising and you know promotional social media boost in the United States. That's gonna last, you know, let's say for a decade, hopefully, you know, if not that longer. You know, United States will be a premier place. But in the meantime, or even during that time, Reggie Cannon is, in my opinion, correct. Jesus Ferreira and other players will not become their best selves. They will not reach their highest potential until they play against uh, in the in Europe. You know, we'll say the same thing as far as you know. If there were uh, NFL Europe uh, league like they used to have, you know that Kurt Warner played in. Guess what? He would have been pretty good over there. He was better over here. You know, a lot of the players, you know, Luka Doncic, uh, Giannis, yeah, they were great. They were very good over the over in you know overseas. They're ten times better over here because they're playing against better talent. They have better resources. Um, so, you know, we just have to realize for soccer, we're not the best place to be. We're not the worst. We're not the worst. Like I said, two things can be true. United States is not the best place for soccer players to develop their skills. We're not the worst. We're growing, and the hope is to be, if not the best, close to it. Um, but that that comes with you know the investment. You know, I won't say from the government investment, from you investment from the teams. You know, and I guess more so investment on the local level. Are you you know? If you're that soccer fan and you want to see the United States be that dominant soccer team, what are you doing in your neighborhood? Whether it's, you know, your little brother, sister, uh, son, you know, I mean, children um, are even volunteering, developing soccer. Are you just watching soccer and hoping that somebody else will pick up the slack? Be the person to pick up the slack um, and develop that team for the future. That way, in 10, 20 years You'll be looking at, you know, kids from Crenshaw, you know, or from even from higher pay, you know, uh, high, high income neighborhoods. It doesn't matter to me. Quality play um, and quality players are desired no matter what the background is. Uh, but like I said, be that difference. And maybe that'll be my mantra from now on. Be that difference that you want to see. Uh, so that's all I have for today. I know it's a bit of a rush. Uh, just wanted to get all that out just because I haven't put one of these um, uh, episodes out in a while and I'm actually going to Denver to catch a um, well Denver for vacation but going to Denver to catch a um, Colorado Rapids versus Houston Dynamo um, match uh, like I mentioned Dynamo is kind of my secondary adopted uh, MLS team uh, Inter Miami was my first you know MLS that I match that I went to so I'm a fan before Messi came before him you know much luck to him but i'm ronaldo to the day i die <laughs> so wherever ronaldo goes to the, if he comes to the mls i may be getting tickets there <laughs> but anyway uh yeah i'm going to uh, colorado and i want to definitely you know i'm gonna kind of focus on what they do up there you know maybe even uh, i want to start talking about some ideas of what certain clubs do uh to attract fans um and i may put it like a little uh 
that'll probably be my next uh, podcast, just going through the past uh, MLS games in Miami, Houston Dynamo, and the Colorado Rapids as far as those home stadiums. What do they do to attract their fans? You know, how can you do that, you know, on a local level? Because I understand the clubs that I want to help out down here in New Orleans, they don't have, uh, you know, they, they have less than a tenth of the revenue or budget to do what, you know, Inter-Miami or Houston Dynamo does. What can you do on a budget to improve your team? It doesn't always have to cost a lot of money to get the word out who, who's playing. It doesn't cost a lot of money to get people to that, uh, to that match. You can, uh, you know, design and develop low and get high, you know, results out of it. So that'll that'll be kind of what I focus on um, for the next episode. So thank you so much, and you know, I appreciate everybody listening to me. Um, uh, if you get a chance, uh, my book is uh, first book is still on sale. Uh, Pitch Black: America's Missing Soccer Stars. Um, it's on Amazon. You can get it in the ebook, or uh, you can definitely get it in the hard copy. Uh, that's probably you know I'd like you to get that just because you can share it with someone, uh, even as a gift to someone else, uh, to a kid, so they can kind of learn about it. Um, still working on my second book. Hopefully next month or so, if I'm not too lazy, I can get that out. It's going to be called International Goals. Um, it's about when I. Uh, Started the soccer program for a school called International High School. Very diverse, pretty much the New Orleans version of the Galacticos. And uh, it goes through, you know, the up and downs, you know, development that I had with them. And um, hopefully, like I said, the next month or so, I'll have that out on Amazon for you to purchase as well. If you have any questions, comments or complaints or any topics you want me to talk about, uh, you can hit me up at Veralt uh at gmail.com that's v as in victor e-e-r-a-u-l-t at gmail.com or you can uh you can probably catch me on my uh twitter um uh at square infinity uh it's uh s-q-u-a-r-e uh the letter n uh f-i-t-n-i uh and that's at Twitter. Uh, like I said, I appreciate you listening to me. And as always, looking forward to kicking it with you. Goodbye. Welcome to another episode of Pitch Black America's Missing Soccer Stars. I'm your host and creator, Matthew Wilson. And today we're going to talk about just about three topics. My trip to Denver. How did I get these scars and how do you know they have different stories with them? And Big Money Mbappe. We're going to get to all those in a few. Stay tuned. All right. So Today we're going to talk about uh, primarily my trip. I may have mentioned this on the last episode. Uh, My girlfriend and I, we went to Colorado, uh, primarily Denver. We wanted to do kind of a vacation. Uh, She teaches and I'm pretty flexible with my job. Um, So, you know, my thing is looking for cheap, affordable flights. 
Um, my Charleston trip, I think last year or the year before, was Breeze Airways, and that was a hundred dollars, a hundred something dollars round trip. Um, this one not so much with Frontier. I didn't know how um, below average Frontier was. Um, let's just say they're on par with Spirit, but I guess you know they have AC, so that's a plus. But this isn't uh, airline bashing. This is soccer talk. So uh, we flipped the coin between Seattle and Denver, uh, and Denver won out. So with uh, many trips I've gone on, I've tried to make it kind of a uh, business and pleasure. Uh, so obviously the pleasure was going up there, seeing all the different sites. I advise you to go check Denver out. Beautiful city. It's much more uh, advanced, or I should say built and uh, developed is probably the best word uh, since I was there maybe 13 years ago and mainly just went to the airport to go to Fort Collins. But Anyway, that aside, uh, all the different uh, sites as far as the mountains and more mountains, um, it was a nice time. And um, it just happened to coincide with um, a, a soccer match, uh, MLS, uh, that my girlfriend and I were going to go see uh, Colorado Rapids versus Houston Dynamo. Now, I'm not primarily a Dynamo fan. It's just one of those regional things. Being from New Orleans... We don't have a MLS team. We don't have a USL team. Um, we have lower league teams, which is great. You know, I'm a fan of those two. Uh, New Orleans Jesters and Crescent City um, FC. But, uh, you know, sometimes you want to see the team that you see on your Apple TV uh, subscription that you're paying for in person. And, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, you know, a few episodes ago that I went to catch uh, the Dynamo game in Houston around my birthday. So this is just kind of coincided. I had a Houston Dynamo jersey. Let's go. Flew out there. Um, after not realizing that the air pressure is quite low uh, <laughs> compared to uh, New Orleans, and I know people just tend to say uh, lack of air, but um, after getting used to that, you know, we kind of did our sights and everything. And um, it wasn't going to be many days until the match. I think it was only two days. And during the first day, I actually saw something, you know, I was like, well, I wonder if there are USL teams, you know. Uh, I like to do my comparisons, whether it's tourist or sports related. How does this city of Denver compare to New Orleans? Obviously, Denver's the major city. It's the capital city. It's the largest population city in Colorado. And Colorado has about... I think it was 5.8 million people. Uh, Louisiana has about 4.6. So not too different, but, you know, still a good uh, a stretch, 1.2 million people. And um, Denver was about 750 pe million people. I'm sorry, sorry. 750,000 people in the city and uh, obviously more from metro area. So, like I said, I just tried to compare those. As I was doing that, uh, another team came up, Colorado Springs. And I saw that, um, obviously, they had a team, the Switchbacks, USL, uh, Championship League. Uh, I'd seen them play against the Charleston Battery on uh, ESPN+. Plus. Still a good shout-out to ESPN+. Plus. While they did not do a good service for MLS, I'm still happy that I can watch USL games on demand. So, I will be keeping that subscription. Uh, anyway, I figured, well, hell, you know, 
we're not far away. How about we go check out a game before the game? Uh, and, you know, all in all, it could be a good comparison, a good, you know, um, uh, you know, apples to apples to, to an extent. Uh, how does the USL run things? How does the MLS run things? I know I've been to games uh, and in both levels, but this would be a great time to see them one right after each other. So um, while the uh, MLS match was that Saturday, uh, we went and drove down to um, Colorado Springs uh, the day of the game. Got a hotel, went and walked around, and uh, just some assessments. I, you know, I wanted to see, I wanted to enjoy the game, but I also wanted the assessment. So, uh, I guess I'll just kind of give an overall summary. Um, it, it was a very, very good experience. Um, you know, we had waited out outside in in a line, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be crazy. This line is so long. It was raining. You know, I'm ready to complain for no reason. But once things started moving it started moving very quickly the lines you know it's pretty much only two ways to get into the stadium so i'm thinking well okay you know this isn't bad the line is moving and we were actually uh in a part of the line where we were able to get a free uh kind of like a fan jersey and a fan uh soccer scarf which was already a bonus to me because one of the things i've wanted to start doing is collecting or that i've been doing collecting soccer scarves at matches that I go to. I've never been a big collector, and that kind of leads into the, the soccer scarf uh, you know, segment I'm going to do afterwards. So we got all these amenities. Food prices look good, but we had just eaten before the uh, match. Uh, it's Colorado Switchbacks playing uh, San Diego Loyal, obviously with Landon Donovan, who I cannot stand, but good effort. They beat the snot out of the Switchbacks 5-0. Now, even with that happening, it was such a a close and interactive performance. Um, as far as you know, they're keeping the fans uh, entertained. You know, there's stuff in between. You know, obviously during halftime, uh, I think it was like a military night. Uh, they have their hype music after the halftime. They mention. I mean, it's a beautiful backdrop because there's a part of the Rocky Mountain Range behind that you can see from where we were sitting uh, in the background. And, you know, we learned some history as well that uh, Switchback Stadium, I think it's Widener Field, is the highest elevated uh, soccer stadium in North America. If it's not North America, then it's definitely America. But I want to say North America. Um, if I'm wrong, I will correct myself for the next episode. But all these things, you know, they they really took, you know, stuff about this place, Colorado Springs, which has, to my knowledge, no other professional teams. Uh, you know, they're kind of a very chill town, not rural, not, you know, big city, just kind of, you know, right size mid city, you know, very chill folks. And but they brought the story, you know, they brought things that are significant. You know, what is a switchback? You know, and you know they mentioned what a switchback was as far as the crossing roads or the winding roads going up inside the uh, up down the mountains. And you know their mascots interactive. You know people are pretty friendly, and I'm just thinking, wow, you know this feels like 
such a large and loud stadium. And it was 8,000 people. That was pretty much like the capacity. So I take it back. They were actually a little bit over capacity based on attendance numbers. Um, and even their supporter section was really rolling. So regardless of the play on the field, which was still good, you know, it was very frustrating. A lot of, you know, yellow and red cards. Uh, I think there were one or two people uh, red carded from um, the, the switchbacks, but I, it may have just been one, but the score was so bad it felt like two. And, um, but, you know, all in all, it was just a very friendly experience. It wasn't overly hype production for something else. And the reason why I say that is because the next day, going to the Rapids game, it it wasn't the worst experience, but let me scratch that. It may have been the worst <laughs> soccer match experience I have been to as far as total um, total experience. So uh, the next day, back in Denver, we go to Commerce City. Uh, it's pretty much a suburb of Denver, around Aurora, somewhere uh, east of Denver. And so we go to the match, and, you know, we're in this line to get into the parking lot. I'm thinking, oh, great. You know, there's a parking lot. This is obviously an MLS. They're the big leagues of the United States, you know, as far as soccer. And every car, every truck, every van, every vehicle had to go into one line to get into this parking space. And that already perturbed me because it took forever to get in. So I'm thinking, okay, things can get better. We walk, we go in. Nice stadium, you know, uh, you know, we have our tickets pretty easy. Uh, souvenirs, I say, basically say to myself, hey, I'm going to get a soccer scarf. Not bad, price $30. You know, I understand, you know, the prices aren't going to be same everywhere. I can't expect a $20 scarf, you know, in New Orleans uh, to be $20 up in uh, Colorado. Different cost of living. Totally understandable. Bought a scarf. I wanted, you know, that's kind of the thing I wanted to, you know, help remember. Um, match, you know, uh, start to get ready. And it felt dull. It felt, it felt like while they were a, they're an MLS team, their whole concept was catered towards, um, I would assume whomever's watching on Apple TV because I would have had the the same interactiveness with the match had I watched it on TV. In the stand, I just kind of felt there. Um, There were, you know, they have kind of their skull clap, which, you know, no knock against them. That's their thing, but it's not the most original thing. Um, A team doesn't need a hype video, but... Having a halftime where no music happens and it's just kind of walking around, that you know, it's this is a continuous match. You know, there, there's not many breaks, so if you're gonna have a break, make it memorable. So, uh, you know, they tried to play into their altitude thing. I guess this is before the match. The little, vi- you know, uh, I, I didn't want to call it hype video because it didn't really hype anyone up. Um, where they talk about the altitude, you know, it can cause sickness and this. And I kid you not, for the two or three minutes that this thing rolled on, 
my girlfriend and I and thought that this was a public service warning. You know, that hey, if you're you're if you're not from here, you're gonna get altitude sickness. Cool. Thank you for letting us know. Little did we realize this was their hype video for before the match, and we're thinking, looking at each other saying, that's it? You know, into Miami, obviously this is before Messi, they're halftime, they're coming out with Gloria Estefan, you know, Conga, and it's just, you know, the lights are flickering up. Even Colorado Springs had a hype, you know, sound and light show, and it was just like, this team, you know, an hour south of you all, that has half the attendance, you know, 8,000 compared to 16,000, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Colorado uh, Rapids are even higher than that, has a more impactful and electric feel than a team that's probably worked 10 times, you know, much, as much, if not more. And um, that's when I started seeing, wow, you know, there are some clubs that are just letting the money, you know, be the main focus. It's not the fans. You know, these these USL teams, I'm just go, I'm going to assume they're working harder. Not And not all USL teams, you know, are doing the best. Not all MLS teams are doing poorly. But there's definitely a sense of we're in this league we're never going to leave because there's no promotion relegation we don't have to be electrifying we don't have to be entertaining we just have to have a squad and that's that's going to nullify any advancement any you know great marketing that could be out there it's just it's going to be dull um and so I, I would, you know, kind of want to make sure that myself and, you know, if you're around, if you have an MLS team right near you, fine, great. Go to, you know, if that's your thing, um, you know, I would still say push back on them. Same thing with the USL team. If they're not doing that thing, just because you're in a league doesn't mean you have to be lazy. Attract your fans. You're, if you want to sit there and say the fans run this team figuratively then the fans need to be entertained it's not just about what goes on on the on the pitch that's great averaging five goals a match is awesome but if your setup is dull no one's going to see that or no one's going to care you create the experience and i i definitely say colorado spring switchbacks created a much better experience experience on probably a much lower uh, budget than what Colorado Rapids did. Um, there was one more team uh, I did not get a chance to see just because their match was the same day as the Colorado Rapids uh, game. Uh, so further north near Fort Collins, um, there's another, uh, there's a USL one team, uh, Northern Colorado Hailstrom or Hailstorm, sorry. Um, and they actually won. So it was interesting out of the three, three teams I could have gone to, uh, one loss, one had a draw with, uh, Houston Dynamo and, but the third team, uh, Northern Colorado actually won their match. So, 
Uh, you know, I can't win them all by, with my presence, even though I was rooting for Houston Dynamo anyway. But yes, but that point, um, the point as far as the uh, Northern Colorado, it's great to see that there are three professional soccer clubs that can exist within you know what the furthest two hours of each other. From Fort Collins to Colorado Springs, about two hours, you know, two hours and 15 minutes, maybe. And both each an hour from Denver, respectively. That's incredible. That's that's very good. And, you know, I, I know the culture of Colorado is not the same as Louisiana. I'm not going to assume that it is. But for me, that shows that it can be done. It there the saturation isn't there it's not like colorado doesn't have a nfl team the broncos a NHL, nhl team uh the avalanche i assume um uh, uh nba team the defending champions uh nba uh, finals champions the nuggets uh, uh mlb team the colorado rockies so there's multiple teams there's multiple sports um you know teams that can exist in that in that market it just comes down to one do the people want it two are you displaying it in a way that people may want it um because sometimes fans don't know what they want until you show them uh that man this is incredible so uh speaking of uh I know I kind of touched on the scarves a little bit, one of my little traditions. I'm just going to roll to the next topic as far as I wanted to see, you know, I started noticing something as I was buying scarves. I'm just like, you know, I've never been a collector. I've never been a jersey collector. Uh, I've never been a shoe collector. You know, somebody gives it to me, fine. But I've never been like, oh, I want that. You know, use it for Christmas. Like, I don't know, but I would say over the past 10 years, it's like, hey, you got me a team soccer scarf, boom. Um, so I started thinking about, man, why, you know, the each of these scarves that I have have some kind of history. They have, you know, and I have maybe about 15 uh, soccer scarves, um, and they're not, uh, I, I haven't been to all of those teams. I haven't even been to all those countries that the teams are in, um, but I wanted to you know kind of and i probably will once i finish the book that i'm writing on international goals second book uh and pitch black america's missing soccer stars is still available uh, i think it's much cheaper on amazon uh kindle uh as far as uh, a download compared to the paperback but i wanted to also kind of get into you know maybe not even a book about the soccer stars but an open platform and I know there's open platforms already Facebook Twitter Instagram blah 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 um, but sometimes specific messages can get lost in broad uh, arenas so I wanted to make something and um, you know maybe somebody will beat me to the bunch if not I'm definitely gonna do it uh, a website where uh, you know some a cheesy name you know you want to see how I got these scarves uh, Obviously, that's a play on the Joker, uh, and hopefully Warner Brothers doesn't sue me for that. But what are your stories? What are the scarves that you have? What are the stories that you have? One, you know, for example, one of the uh, scarves that I have is, I would guess you would say, my first scarf. Um, and it was actually the scarf that 
uh, I had designed and ordered for the international high school soccer team um, that, you know, I knew that soccer scarves was kind of a, a soccer specific thing. And I wanted this to thrive, you know, I wanted to be as authentic as possible, you know, being such a new club, especially for high school. And, you know, I ordered these and, uh, you know, they sold wildly, you know, kids loved them. Even if they weren't soccer fans, they just loved that this was something, you know, this was a, a school spirit piece. And so I felt good about, you know, bringing that out there. And obviously that's, you know, my number one. And, you know, I have a bunch of other ones, you know, I have Manchester United that I was gifted for Christmas. I've never been to England. I've never been to Manchester United game. Um, you know, I mainly liked it because I were not at the time Ronaldo had gone back to the club. Um, so some stories aren't as in depth as others, but it's kind of like a good memory piece, uh, keep keepsake of different stages of different things that I like, different stories. You know, the Colorado Switchback scarf, how that match went, uh, Charleston Battery, um, my first USL match, uh, Inter Miami pre-messy i know i have to say that over and over pre-messy <laughs> so um look for that soon and i'll definitely try to get you know information on the upcoming podcast uh, episodes as far as what website or if you can follow me if i can provide a link to you sharing your soccer stories your, your soccer scarf stories how did you get them who did you get them from what did they mean to you uh, and just kind of, you know, have your own little uh, geographical database of this is where I was or this is where my heart was. Um, and this is what this means to me. Uh, so that's a new little project I have on the side amongst many that I seem not to complete. <laughs> and after that, uh, I guess the last topic I wanted to talk about is big money Kylian Mbappe. Um, I'm probably beating a dead horse, uh, you know, when I say that it's if black culture in America, and I'll preface that, sorry, that black culture is not a monolith. All black folks do not think the same. All white folks don't think the same. I don't even think the same as my relatives. But as far as an overall what tends to be popular in black communities, there are specific things that have not been exposed to black youth and you know, I like to give benefit of the, of the doubt. It may not have been on purpose. It took me starting a team, wanting to learn about it, deep diving, because I like to be a nerd and figure these things out, which is great. That, wow, there's money in that. Now, everyone's not going to be killing Mbappe. Everyone's not going to get an offer from Saudi Arabia. But did it start to put people on notice on the money that exist in soccer people were saying oh well no it wasn't really 1.1 billion you know there was okay yeah there was 300 and uh i think 328 dollars up sorry 300 
$328 million um, to go to Paris Saint-Germain to get him, which, you know, I understand. A lot of people don't understand that you essentially have to pay the team to get the player, and then you pay the player. Fine, whatever. But the rest of that money, obviously pre-tax, $772 million. So they saved for one year. I'll, even if it were two years, that'd still be incredible. If it were if it were for the rest of his life, that's still incredible. That's more than, I think they were saying, more than most of the NFL All-Star uh, you know, team put together. Obviously, that's multiple NFL teams' salaries combined. That would probably be at least three or four NFL teams. And he's getting paid that in one year. That's more earnings than LeBron James, Tom Brady, and I'm sure you've heard it all. You know, as much as people have made in their entire careers, he'd be getting that one. Now, he turned it down. But it was good to see, even though I'm not a fan of him, it was good to see LeBron, good to see Giannis basically said that out, you know, and um, Damian Lillard say, hey, wow, that's a lot of money. And hopefully it puts a shine on, hey, it while it should not just be about the money, and honestly to each their own, there's never an excuse to say, ah, you don't make no money playing this. Yeah. You do. You have to be good, just like with anything in life. You know, you can make money being a doctor. You have to be good because if you're not, you won't be a doctor. So nothing's guaranteed that because you like it, that you're going to get it. But there is money out there um, that teams, you know, countries want to uh, pay uh, for you to play. So... You know, I, I want I'm, I kind of want to hold off on a, a book that um, or a topic that I was discussing. Uh, probably going to be a short uh, book piece about um, uh, shades of excellence. Uh, you know, black soccer players, and it's definitely going to heavily talk about the um, the French national team that that lost the World Cup uh, and how I think I don't know what the percentage was. I'm sure I have it written down. Um, but during the penalty kicks, the whole lineup were black. And the signs are there. The signs are there. There just has to be an actual effort in the community. Now, in France, obviously, there is. You know, the, the soccer culture in France and Europe in general, going to the youth, it's there. In the United States, it has work to do. Glad for the steps that are being taken. For example, as I mentioned, Messi going to enter Miami. Great dude is balling out. Not my favorite player. Respect the hell out of him. And he's doing what he needs to do. I don't care about the criticism. Same thing, you know, when Ronaldo went to the Saudi Arabian League, he scored five goals in two matches, and people say, you know, blah, 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 that's too easy. Oh, Messi scored three goals and an assist in two matches, blah, 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 that's too They're doing it. Because if it was so easy, then how come other people weren't doing it before him? So they're balling. I don't care about the rivalry. They're both good. The Messi situation, yes, it's supposed to build soccer in the United States. Here's the, I hate to say problem, here's the um, difficulty I have with that. Here's the one little wrinkle. 
just having him come here does not necessarily get the word out. It brings a popular person. Yes, it bring, thankfully it brings celebrities who American kids, let's say even black American kids, care about. It brings the LeBrons, it brings the Kardashians. Fine, it brings Venus Williams. I'm sorry, Serena Williams, Serena Williams. It brings them to the match. Cool. You want to be cool like LeBron and you know, obviously LeBron likes Messi, whether he really does or publicity, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. That's your whole marketing thing. Messi has to, obviously has to be good because if he's not good, then people won't want to watch him. That's human nature. But how does that reflect to, you know, maybe if you're in the hood in Miami, fine. Yeah, you're going to see that. That, you know, that majority black neighborhood that is primarily basketball, football, and track that just did not care about soccer, maybe they will because there's so much buzz going on that it could pull you in. Well, what does that do for, hey, the kid in New Orleans? What does it do for that kid in Detroit? Thankfully, Atlanta United has already done, you know, something for, you know, the black kids in Atlanta, you know, and obviously, you know, the you know primary uh, mention is going to be, you know, black youth in America, but just youth that aren't used to soccer or aren't big on soccer to begin with, how do you get them? Because if they don't have Apple TV, why, do they, why would they have Apple TV? Why would they have MLS season pass? If I've never been interested in watching soccer, I don't care if you bring Pele, you know, or, or you know, the, the all-stars of soccer, you know, past and resurrect them from the dead, I won't ever see them play. So I guess the question for me is, how do you connect that? How do you take that next step? Because there's going to be steps you have to take. You know, the NFL didn't just exist and people were drawn to it. The NFL started going into neighborhoods. The NBA started going into neighborhoods. If they feel like, man, a lot of, you know, there's not enough kids playing this game. We're going to start doing some community acts and get into na- Not necessarily the neighborhoods that know about already. If you're a neighborhood that plays soccer, you know, attracting you isn't, well, what does that benefit me? When I have a city that probably has a million people and no soccer, you know, fandom, I need to go there. I need to find some way to attract them that doesn't involve them already knowing who Messi is. That doesn't involve them in knowing who Beckham is. So, like I said, good job not downing the move of having Lionel Messi, not downing the move of, you know, uh, wanting to build soccer by having, you know, arguably the best player, you know, in soccer. But it's going to take more than I exist. You should know who I am. It needs to be I exist and I'm going to come to you and show you who I am. I'm going to show you how to be like me or better. So maybe I need to put that as my, you know, call to action. You know, how are it, usually it's for listeners. And I don't know, maybe I have that one listener that was a pro player. Who knows? He's probably laughing at me. But show what you can do to attract fans. 
they're not going to always come to your feet and, you know, ask for autographs. Put on your boots, bounce the ball in your feet, show them moves, show them why they can care, why they can do what you do, and how they can be better. This is for all the, the big shots that, you know, like I say, I'm sure Lionel Messi has it in his heart to, I want, you know, kids to see this. And he's probably going to be doing a lot of community things that's obviously not going to Publix, which was staged. But go out into those communities. You have to show this game. Show them what you can do. Show them why it matters. And then everything else that you've built will fall into place. The, the great stadiums, the TV market broadcasting, the big name players, it'll always all be there for them. But if you don't go into their neighborhoods, it's going to take a lot longer. So get in there. And that's, like I said, from top to bottom, you know, pro to amateur to a regular fan like me. So that's all I have for you today. And I look forward to watching more of this League's Cup. It's really entertaining me. Um, definitely going to try to figure out more of the, you know, um, players in these teams and learning more about MLS teams and players because uh, I don't know, this actually feels like it matters more, which I guess in the sense that it does. Um, and definitely want to find some more, you know, topics for you. I'll have some more topics that are, you know, uh, black culture uh, specific or interesting topics in general. But I look forward to, you know, getting back with you. And as always, looking forward to kicking it with you.